All right. Hey, guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time to check out this episode of Real Life Talk. I super appreciate you guys for being here. And uh, for this conversation, I sat down with Cassandra Robinson, who's a new friend of mine. This is the first time Cassandra's been on the podcast. Cassandra does content marketing for mission-minded entrepreneurs. She does brand messaging. Uh, she's a brand messaging strategist. She helps people and brands tell their story in creative ways. She creates a lot of content online. Uh, she's very prevalent on LinkedIn is the sort of the primary platform where she does a lot of her stuff. Her brand is uh, called Grinding in Grace. She's going to tell her story and some different things that you'll get into, you'll hear in this episode. But we just had an awesome conversation about approaching life and business and entrepreneurship and the things that God has called you to do, but from a standpoint of rest, not in terms of the things that we have to do to strive about to try to get God's favor or approval or anything like that, but from a place of rest, recognizing that it's all based on the finished works of Jesus Christ. Really, really had a, just a great conversation about identity, about mindset adjustments, and uh, really walking in God's grace for whatever it is that you do in life, that you're looking to accomplish in life. So thank you so much again for joining this conversation, and uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into it. I pray that the content blesses you, challenges you, or makes you think, or something like that in some way. If it does, I would love to hear from you, and don't forget to subscribe on whichever podcast platform is most convenient for you. And uh, now without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with Cassandra Robinson. All right, awesome. Well, is it, <laughs> please forgive me, is it Cassandra or Cassandra? It is Cassandra. I do, I know, I don't get that question a lot, but yes, Cassandra. Okay. Yeah, I always have to like, I'm really bad at names in general, just like remembering people's names. Totally. And then even with like the different pronunciations, like somebody the other day, uh, I saw their name was written on a thing and I said, is it Carolyn or Caroline? And yeah, I can't fair. even remember what they told me. Like, I mean, I, I legitimately can't remember what they told me. And then, but I literally, I wrote it down. Like I wrote it down with the phonetic pronunciation because I knew I was going to yes. see the person again in a couple of days and I was going to totally forget. Yes. And I, and I went back to it. So I was like, okay, good. I know what to call you. And I've already forgotten. <laughs> well, now my question Terrible. for you is how does she, do you know, do you know how she spelt it or no? It was spelled At like the way where know. it was like L-I-N-E. So like, yeah, you know, the Caroline. normal, I, f I feel like the normal, the normal spelling. So that's yes, never Carolyn. That's Cause cool. I feel like it could be. <laughs> no, because what I was thinking, you know, when, when it is Carolyn is the L Y N. Yeah. I feel like you're right. I feel like you're probably right. Over that's I feel Carolyn. Like I've seen it though. Okay. Carolyn is C A R O L Y N Carolyn. And then Caroline. Cause it's line. Line. Right. L I N E. Caroline. There's no, there's no, there's no Lynn because Lynn is the L Y N. Okay. Caroline is L, you know, like Lynn, Loretta Lynn, like L Y N. You know what I mean? So there's, that's, yeah. there's no, no way it's ever Carolyn when it's lying, you know? But I guess unless someone just happens <laughs> to want to be called that, you know what I mean? But that's not how you spell it. So, anyways, okay. that's just. All right. Well, that helps. So, so future reference, yeah. I should always default to just. Because I'm pretty sure I went Caroline. with Carolyn. I was like, I called her Carolyn. And I was like, is it Carolyn or Caroline? She's like, Caroline. I'm like, sorry about that. It's That's like an old yeah. uh, Brian Regan bit where it was like, Carolyn and Caroline. Like, if you make that mistake, like, they're going to drill you. Like, they, like, that's like one that's thing so that they That's so funny. That I could totally hate. see him saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm totally sure they get that. that a lot, you know. All the time. That's so true. It's, yeah. And it, that's funny you say that because, well, I usually go by Cassie growing up. Just that's my nickname. Um, mm -hmm. then when I started doing, when I started, um, in the, you know, being an adult in the workforce, you know, then people would call me Casey or Kathy. So I, then I switched to like my, 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 my actual name, which is Cassandra. Cause I'm like, you can't really get Cassandra messed up, but then I guess you still can. Cause it could be, Cassandra. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> find I'll find I'll a way. I'll find a way. There's a will, there's yeah. a way. Yes. <laughs> That's well, uh, Cassandra, anyway, thanks so much for doing yes, this. Appreciate you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, I've been looking forward to no this problem. one and uh, I'm excited yeah. to yeah, get to know you a little bit more <clears throat> and find out more about what you do and uh, really just have a conversation about um, that, about what you do, about business and also about Jesus and wherever this Amen. takes us. So thanks so much. Absolutely. It's great to 
join you on your podcast. You can talk all things faith, business, entrepreneurship, and I'm always, I'm always down to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, uh, how was your vacation? Hey, you know what? It was really good. Uh, it was 10 days in San Diego with my family to celebrate my, um, my Jesus birth birthday, I call it 33rd birthday. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, it was awesome. I had, got to see my 93 year old grandma, which is like, she's just amazing. She's just the matriarch of the family, uh, also a strong woman of God. So it was just a blessing to, to be there and really helps to kind of put things into perspective, life, business, and the time, how you spend your time and energy really and what matters the most yeah. at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's so good. And it's, it's like, so it's so good to have the opportunity to like take that time to just kind of be off and to enjoy life and enjoy family and stuff like that. And I actually did see uh, where you posted on LinkedIn and um, where you had, where you were talking about, you know, kind of being on this vacation oh, yeah. and how your former mindset was that, you know, you would always feel guilty when you would take time off because you're trying to build a business and build a brand and all this stuff that you're doing. And like kind of as an entrepreneur, having that kind of mindset, that mentality of like, oh, I need to always be doing something. And even your whole concept yeah. of grinding and grace, uh, I think, is is just a really, really um, tremendous place to do business and to express entrepreneurship from. So would you share a little bit on that, just like on on the mentality or even how your maybe mentality has shifted a little bit with how you approach uh, just, you know, wanting to be successful, of course, and wanting to grow and build and be a greater blessing to others. But from that perspective of of grace and rest and not from, you know, just like the typical traditional, like on my grind kind of a kind of a thing, you know. Right. The hustle, the hustle culture, <clears throat> always hustling, always pushing and proving, uh, you know, you mentioned grinding and grace. Duke as my brand name, um, also as a, a, my podcast name, <clears throat> but that really comes from, I think it's Matthew 24, 41. I should have it memorized by now, but it's two women are at the mill, uh, you know, grinding at the mill. There's two men in the, in the field. One is taken, one is left, you know, same with the, the two women who are grinding at the mill. One is taken and one is left. Right. And, and if actually you look at the footnotes specifically in the recovery version of the Bible, it says that two, those two, those two, those two women and those two men are actually brothers in Christ. I used to think that one was an unbeliever and one wasn't, and that's why one was taken was one was left. But actually, they're mm -hmm. both believers. Uh, so then that got me really curious as to know why one was taken and one was left if they're both believers, right? <clears throat> So if you do a little more digging and praying, you see that actually it wasn't the out external or outward condition uh, that was the reason for one of the sisters or the brother's rapture was actually their internal condition. It was their mm. heart, heart posture and their relationship with the Lord that actually caused them to be taken by the Lord. So, <clears throat> so grinding in grace is just that, you know, work in the human life is a grind. I mean, the two women were grinding at the mill. They weren't closed. They weren't behind closed doors praying in their house. They weren't at a chapel. They weren't, you know, they were doing the normal, their normal human responsibility, right? They were taking care of their, their, their life, right? By working. Uh, <clears throat> so that just goes to show you that, um, the Lord calls us to to be good stewards of what he's given us to work, right? Mm. But at the same time, inwardly, what is our condition? Where is our, uh, how is our heart postured to the, toward the Lord, right? Is, is it just work and is it just taking care of the things of our human life, right? Because we know another verse that's, another verse reference that says, the coming of the Son of Man will be like the days of Noah. People will be eating, drinking, and giving in marriage and being given in marriage. And those things are not sinful, right? We need to eat, drink, marry. But when it becomes something that we're consumed by, that's when we fall into some danger there. Uh, so sure. just full circle, Duke, to your you know point, that, that mindset shift that uh, <clears throat> the work and hustling must also be accompanied by even greater rest in the Lord. Amen. 
Amen. Well, uh, so we jumped a little bit ahead. So um, can you share a little bit just about uh, who you are and what you do? And then we'll get some context for the stuff that we're, we're talking about here. Yeah, great. <clears throat> I know that was a little bit of a long-winded response, but um, I, so, I'm Cassandra Robinson. <laughs> um, I'm Cassandra Robinson, and I really help people with faith tell their stories. Uh, very, very, and in layman's terms, simply put, I help people of faith, faith-driven entrepreneurs, purpose-driven small business owners that want to deeply resonate with their audience by showing up as their most authentic self, uh, by telling stories that really showcase who they are as a person and not just what they do. I help people do that. Um, <clears throat> so I'm a, I'm a storyteller. I'm a copywriter, brand strategist. That's kind of like those, those titles. But like I said, I like to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Just say, help people tell, help people of faith tell their stories. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. And, uh, how did you get into this? Well, slash when, so how long have you been doing this and kind of how did it come about a little bit? And if that's sure, sure. a little bit too, if, if uh, we might need to do this, because I don't know if that's going <laughs> to jump us ahead too far, because I would like to get a little bit of your backstory as well, just in terms of, you know, like how you met the Lord and stuff like that. And so I don't know if it makes more sense for us to start there and come forward or, you know, whatever you think. So whichever of those two questions you want to start with, just dependent, you know, based on if it. uh you know, because again, like maybe how you got into what you're doing now, maybe it's connected to that whole story. So however it makes more sense for you, uh, if you want to start with how you got into what you do or, you know, go back a little bit further to a uh, little bit of the backstory. But I would like to hear both. So, yeah. OK, great. <clears throat> so I'm just going to start with the first question and um, and also try to keep it simple. I started doing what I'm doing now, helping people with faith tell their stories, helping others build their personal brands about three years ago, Duke, in 2019, right before the pandemic happened. Um, <clears throat> my husband and I moved out cr- uh, cross country from San Diego to Austin, Texas, about a 17, 18 hour drive. Um, I had just quit my HR job at the time. Honestly, I had about three, three, four jobs in the span of, you know, four years. I was just trying mm-hmm. to find my, my, thing you know what I mean my calling like I had just my husband and I had just um, gone through a year-long Bible college program and so from there I'm like okay it's time to work and so uh, I think what I was really doing Duke was trying to like fit into a mold I felt like society wanted me to fit into I guess to be like a successful you know citizen and a successful you know person so I think that's what I was trying to do was fit like this round peg in a like square hole and it wasn't working like I was just finding myself like in um, toxic workplace environments like belittling um, belittling bosses like being undervalued and underpaid and I'm like man I really feel like I'm called for something more and I just this isn't fitting for me is there something wrong with me and initially there's like is there something wrong with me right like you look at yourself like man there's must be something wrong with me why I'm not fitting into this prescribed route you know what I mean initially (laughs) and then I realized like what if what if there isn't anything wrong with me you know Mm. what if there isn't what if the Lord has something else you know planned right and of course the very popular verse Jeremiah 29 11 right the Lord doesn't calls us to give us a hope in the future and not to to harm us um so when we moved uh, I I started getting on LinkedIn actually just to network because I didn't have any job prospects in this new city. So I just got on the platform to network and I was using it before as a recruiter and my, uh, my HR job. So I knew a little bit about it and I had posted a little bit. But, you know, at that time, at that juncture, Duke, I had really felt like this call to create. And I didn't know if it was like a YouTube channel or a blog or what platform I should start writing on. But I know there's some of you who are listening right now that are creative and who are just born to create. They're just creative people, whether it's writing, acting, dancing, whatever it is. Um, I just felt that tug on my heart, you know, to like, Lord, I want to create. I don't know where that what's that what that looks like, per se. But I just feel like if I don't, I'm going to burst kind of thing. Um, so organically I got on LinkedIn and I had a networking call with a business coach and, you know, he, he, he mentioned, Hey, have you ever posted a video on LinkedIn? Like just introduce yourself and you know what you're passionate about. I'm like, Oh my gosh, no, absolutely not. You know, just like all of us, uh, fearful of what other people will think. Um, sorry about that. Um, 
um, so at that point, he said, I'll call you back in 20 minutes and just record a video and we'll post it together. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's awesome. so I know. So I, I had no, I had no scripts, no idea what to say. He was like, you know, just say your name, what your passion about, and we'll just throw it on there. And so my thought Duke at the time was like, this is what convinced me to do it was that one, I didn't have any following at the time. I didn't have like this big audience. Um, so my thought was like, oh, no one's even gonna like the video. I'll just get over my fear of posting a, a video um, and that'll be that. So little did I know that was gonna be the start of this like whole journey. <clears throat> so he called me back in 20 minutes and I just recorded it on my laptop, on my PC laptop computer uh, camera. And it was really awkward, Duke, at the end of the, and actually I always, I always share this, at the, end, at the end of the video, because I didn't know how to end the video, um, I winked. I winked and I never wink at anyone. I think it was like a nervous tick or something that came out. Like I just yeah, like yeah. winked at the camera, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> oh, it's so, so funny. And so I'm like, whatever. It's like, I don't, however, it was like one take, to be honest. It was like probably one take, but I just did it and, right. and threw it up there. Um, and then actually that video, um, Duke got about about 15,000 views. And I, I did get a lot of actually response and traction that I didn't think I would get. And I think it's because the video was awkward and I was obviously kind of nervous right. and you can probably feel that. And everyone can resonate with that, right? An imperfect, you know, video and feeling nervous. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what really connected with my audience. Um, that was the start of the journey. And then fast forward, I actually... That at the beginning, Duke, I did this channel. I joined an engagement pod. So for those who are listening or are just starting their brand building journey on LinkedIn, I, I personally am a proponent for engagement pods because it was just a bunch of us newbies who encouraged each other to post and engage with our content. And <clears throat> they had a 30-day challenge where you post every day for 30 days. But Duke, at the same time, I was reading Rick Warren's A Purpose Driven Life. Mm -hmm. And and it's kind of funny now that I'm talking, thinking about it and talking to you about it. But <clears throat> so instead of 30 days, I told him I'm going to do 40 days because 40 days, as you and I know, is significant in the Bible, right? Like the Lord Jesus was tempted by the by the enemy by Satan for 40 days in the wilderness. Moses was, you know, on Mount Sinai for 40 days. So I just said 40 instead of 30. And I'm like, I'm going to give it to the Lord. Sure. I'm going to consecrate this kind of journey to the Lord and see what happens. <clears throat> And that was probably the most like stretching initial exercise for me because mm. so much took place in those 40 days, Duke, because I thought, who am I? Like, why would anyone want to listen to me? Why would anyone want to hear my story? What do I have to share of value? Like, what do I even talk about or post yeah. about? And so, yeah. but I'm forced to because I'm doing it for 40 days. I committed to doing this thing for 40 days and I never built a presence on social media. I didn't even know what personal branding was at the time, Duke. Like, yeah. what is a personal brand? How, yeah. <laughs> what is an online business? Those things are not taught in college or in school sure. or anywhere. So I had no idea those things were even what, what those things were. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so I was just committed to this journey of sharing. And so something that helped in that group, that, uh, that engagement pod, Duke, that was really helpful. Someone said, you know, you can actually just be yourself. Huh. <laughs> like oh what a revelation like i can yeah, yeah exactly you can just be yourself and you can actually post about what you're most passionate about come on and i'm like oh wow one who is it that i am and what two what is it that i'm most passionate about and then i got still duke and i thought mm. what i'm most passionate about is my faith and my love for Jesus Christ and like what he's done in my life. Like that is truly what I'm most passionate about, you know, and where I've seen the greatest transformation in my life. But that's considered a taboo topic, right? On especially a predominantly business centered platform. But, you know, I chose to just commit to that track, Duke, without any agenda. Like I, the plan wasn't to, to build a business or like I said, to build a personal brand because I didn't know those, what those things were at the time. But I did know I had a desire to share, right? To testify of God's goodness. I just felt yeah. a calling to. 
And yeah. so that's where that's where it started, Duke. Like where I just started going all in on the faith tip um, and creating content about faith. Yeah, that's very cool. And so a couple of things, a couple of things on the um, like just like on the practical side. So first yeah. of all, how important was it for you? So when you were on that kind of initial um, coaching call and you were told, take 20 minutes, record a video oh and just get it done. Like how important was just taking that step to do something that was outside of your comfort zone, regardless of you know how polished it was or wasn't or you know whatever because one of the things that i'm very passionate about as well is what you're talking about which is like going after something that you have in your heart that you are passionate about that you want to impart to share with others whether that's through an online platform or through some other means or whatever but but kind of like getting that thing out of you and i feel like so often especially when it comes to creative content and making videos and things of that nature, we can procrastinate for so long because, oh, I need to wait until I have a better camera or I need to fix my lighting or I need to do this or that. And we can record ourselves and then be like, oh, this didn't come out the way that I wanted it to, or I stuttered there or I whatever. And like, how important was it just for you to like have that person there saying, you know what, like, don't make a big deal about it. We're going to do this together. Just take a few minutes, do this. And we're just going to kind of cross that initial hurdle together. Like how important was that for you just to do something to get started and, and realize like, oh, I'm not going to break in half if I post something that's not perfect, you know? Well, I, I I don't think you and I would be here having this conversation. <laughs> You'd still be sitting there like waiting. Am I dressed right? Am I? Yeah. <laughs> no, truly. I, I mean, I know it's, it's, it is funny, but it's, it's true, right? If someone's not just there saying, Hey, we can do this together. It's really not that big a deal. Um, let's just get you, let's just get you, like you said, crossing that, that initial threshold from, not doing anything to taking some sort of imperfect action mm, that's together. Good. That's good. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, it's, it's great to do stuff that's, you know, highly produced. And, and I think that you kind of grow over time, but I also feel like, especially when you're doing like a live video or something like that, and, uh, you know, forgive me, I know this might not apply to everybody, but I know a lot of people out there probably have a desire to maybe put out some content or something that's going to be a blessing to somebody, or maybe even just in terms of promoting a business that they have that might not have a presence online. So I'm just, you know, we'll just, we'll hover around this topic for a little bit. I, I, I feel like even with, you know, putting something out there, sometimes it's even better. Like I, I've heard that people are more likely to engage with a video that doesn't look super pretty. So if I'm if I'm holding my phone and you can kind of see like my my arm and my hand in the shot as I'm doing this, that it's people are more likely to click on that video and, and actually watch it and engage with it as opposed to something that's more like this where, okay, we've got the three quarters, we've got the, you know, things are set up right. I've got a, you know, professional looking microphone or, you know, whatever. And Again, I think that that stuff's great, and I think you grow into it. But I also feel like there are no excuses because with whatever you have, you know, I've, it's just kind of get started. You know, absolutely, I 100% agree, and I'm proof of that, Duke. Right, because it was on this very grainy video on a, like the I didn't have my Mac that I do now. That's nice, maybe nicer video quality and all that. That was just on my PC. You know, that I recorded the 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 video and, and threw it up there. I think it might have been you know, a minute long or something like that, or even less. And so it's really not, like you said, about the a quality or the commit or the, or the equipment that you use when you first get start, when you first get started, it's just about getting started. And after working with clients over the last, you know, couple of years, I realized that it's obviously a much deeper issue than the surface of, I don't have the right equipment or I don't know what mm. to say, or all these other things that we kind of like are using right to hide behind when really it's about I'm not confident right or I don't like the way you know I look 
or the way my voice sounds or the accent or that I'm balding or that I've gained a few pounds mm. over COVID. Like what? those are kind of like some deeper things that people are struggling with. Right. And, and it's not just the surface stuff. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to ask you just on a practical side, because um, I know that LinkedIn is a really good platform um, to operate on if you're looking for uh, if you're looking for organic reach, right? Like it's way better than what you're going to get on Facebook or Instagram or something like that, just organically. Um, when you said, and I know this is this must be a few years ago at this point, but when you said that you posted that first video and you got basically 15,000 or so views, what was your, you know, your following like at the time when, when that happened, just out of curiosity? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, I wish I, I'm sure I have it somewhere, but I want to say that, well, today I have about 40, maybe 43 or 44,000 um, mm -hmm. connections and followers. But at the, at the, when I first started, I want to say that I already had maybe like a thousand wow somewhere around there yeah just yeah. from like you know over the years you kind of collect like co college yeah. friends and other connections just from being on the platform having an open account basically i want to mm -hmm. say that i already did have around um maybe 800 i'm gonna say five five hundred ten thousand i want to say that i that i already had um yeah so like to get fifteen thousand views when you've got even just being generous and we say a thousand connections we'll just say a thousand. followers. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that's huge. That doesn't, I mean, that never happens on, <laughs> on, I mean, unless it's just something that, you know, so, anything can kind of go viral, you know, I mean, if people, oh, for just, sure. you get a lot of people that share it, but it's not normal for that to happen on a lot of the other platforms. So that's really cool. Yeah, and you know, that's something that uh, actually the group that I was a part of, I mentioned to you, Duke, the engagement pod. And um, <clears throat> when they saw that video kind of go out, they also mentioned, hey, like that's that, that is abnormal. That, that hasn't happened within our group, at least of I think there was maybe 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 15 or 20 of us, you know, that were in that engagement um, pod and that kind of type of or that level of engagement hadn't happened for the other members. And so they were also kind of surprised and shocked by the response. And <clears throat> And that's why I do think, Duke, that's also part of like the Lord's hand on it as well, mm. right? Then I was meant to do this. I was called as yeah. part of my calling. And so he blessed it really from, from the beginning. That's awesome. Very cool. Um, can, we, can we back up a little bit now and kind of go to my, yeah. uh, my, other, my other question? And I'd love to hear a little bit about your, uh, yeah, just about your story and how you came to know the Lord and that kind of stuff. Um, quick question though, how much time do we have? I forgot to ask you that at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I know we started a little later. So um, I have until about, how does 1240 look for you? Uh, sounds we great. give this about a half an hour. Yeah. Or um, 25 yeah. minutes. Okay. <clears throat> awesome. Sounds great. Uh, so yeah, I want to be of course as short and succinct as I can so we can cover a little bit more ground. For your audience and any other questions you feel like would be relevant for them um <clears throat> so i i was raised catholic a lot of hispanic and latina you know i'm sure your wife too i don't know if she was raised catholic as well but very common Her parents <laughs> got saved i think like right before oh man like right before she was born or something like that so she was she was uh you know, anyways, she, she grew up in the Christian church, but yeah, but that, that's okay, so common. Okay. Okay. And, and they Very. had the ostracism from the family members and stuff like that. When her parents, you know, they decided converted to, to Christianity. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very thick roots. For wow. Sure. That's, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's probably a, a whole podcast episode in itself. You mm -hmm. should have your wife yeah. on and share that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because it's so true. Like you said, it's very, the roots are very deep and the culture is very thick. Um, <clears throat> And in, 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 in many, you know, good and uh, in, in good ways, right? That the culture, the Hispanic culture is so strong and, and vibrant. Um, but Catholicism definitely is what I, you know, was raised to, you know, know, you know, catechism, you know, baptism, confirmation, all those like traditional um, Catholic uh, religious things that you go through as a young person. Yeah. Uh, and then... <clears throat> 
but Duke, I personally didn't feel like I ever had a relationship with God. It was more like the traditions that I was going through in Sunday um, and taking, taking the, uh, uh, going through the confessional, right? Like, oh, I lied to my mom about this mm. and never having like an actual, like intimate connection with the Lord. Like I thought he was, I genuinely thought he was like this guy in the sky, like a God in the sky that was like not interested in me, but like, I guess looking down and watching my every move and maybe like it wasn't a positive thing and I actually still struggle with this now being a Christian knowing that that's not the Lord but there's still that in, internal conflict you know um <clears throat> so, so what I I got saved when I was 19 into Christianity because a friend in, in high school um preached the gospel to me and she told me about the Lord Jesus and asked me to come to her her church as well. And at, at the time I had broken up with uh, like my high school boyfriend of four years. So I was, I was feeling a bit sad and low. And so uh, she had asked me several times before, but I wasn't interested until like this, you know, this season where I was feeling extra sad and uh, a bit depressed. And so I went to the church that she had been inviting me to. And um, that's when I first like experienced or touched the humanity of Jesus Christ and the love that he had for me through these people, right? Through, through strangers, essentially, right? Because I didn't know yeah. them. And um, I, I, I did give my life to Christ and I was baptized at, at 19. And then I was like, I was so on fire. I was punked, dude. And so actually that's part of my testimony too, is that <laughs> my parents were like, or my mom especially is like, oh my gosh, is she part of a cult? Like my teenage daughter is like, oh, like pumped about, right. you know, like yeah. going crazy yeah. about, you know what I mean? So kind of similar yeah. to like what you're, you share about your wife. And so that's mm-hmm. what's funny though, is that so my, my mom went to go to the church that, you know, where I, where, where I was telling her that I got saved and, and, and so actually the ripple, household salvation, right Duke. So that the kind of a ripple effect happened and that my mom um, ended up getting saved and then my dad ended up getting saved and then my um, younger brother as well. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. It was t- it's been a while, but that, that's, that's, that's sort of what happened and my parents still go to the same um church back in my my hometown where i originally got saved so i you know as you know like the relationship with the lord is like a roller coaster like any relationship there's ups and downs and there's valleys and there's hills but i i just remember that being such a sweet like honeymoon phase of of my Mm. love you know my connection with the lord realizing he wasn't just this you know distant father or that i had thought him to be um, yeah. I personally, I love my dad, but he was also also not um, necessarily emotionally available because similar also to the Hispanic cult- culture, kind of the machismo, I guess, culture is very also deeply rooted, you know, and there's not, um, he worked and he was the pro- main provider, but as far as like that emotional connection with me, I just didn't have that. And so I still, yeah. I, you know, I thought that about the Lord. And so it's just taken me over a decade, you know, to kind of come to know him as like a loving father that's present and available to me and um you know and 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 a husband too right because in isaiah the word says your maker is your husband um so Mm -hmm. coming to know him in that like emotion that that intimate you know sweet way has been a a journey that's so cool yeah i mean i can definitely relate to to a lot of that just having that wrong concept of of who my heavenly father was and and as you said i mean it was very very cool of you to be uh just very honest about that and say it's still something that you struggle with from time to time and if i'm honest like i still struggle with it from time to time too like i have to remember like there's times where i have to remind myself like oh yeah god's actually not mad at me and god's actually not just up there trying to get something out of me i mean thankfully Thankfully, it's less, you know, thankfully, it's way less because it used yeah. to be this really this just really kind of twisted, disturbing way of living. And it wasn't fun. Yeah. So all throughout my teenage yeah. years, um, I mean, I was far from perfect, uh, but I always had a desire to be with God, to serve the Lord. Uh, you know, I was always in church and youth group and all this kind of stuff. And I loved the Lord and I wanted to be pleasing to him. The problem was that it was always it was always like me. It was always like like this side of the equation and what I have to do to be pleasing and what I have to do to get you to really accept me. And and it always just felt like inevitably like it wasn't good enough. 
And the truth is, it's yeah. not <laughs> like it's not good enough. Yes, it never exactly. will be good enough. No matter how good exactly. you do it, it's never going to be good enough. But it, that's the uh, amazing yeah. scandal of grace is that it doesn't have to be good enough because he was good enough for you in your place. He did it once and for all. And so it's not about at the end of the day, like, of course we want to walk in his footsteps. We want to be more like Jesus. We want to think more like him. We want to do these things. But when it comes from the, this, the, the motivation of love, because I'm accepted, Mm. because I'm loved, because I'm redeemed, because I'm not a broken, dirty sinner, anymore like because of that my response is to want to love you more and to worship you and to obey you and these things but it's not you know the way you look at me the way you think about me the way you feel about me it's not contingent on what I did yesterday or or you know what I mean it's just not it's not that thing and so I relate to that so much because that was a mentality that I lived with for years and years and years and I think a lot of people go through something similar and it ultimately leads to a, mm. it's just not, it's just hard to be joyful. And it's hard to, there'll be moments, there'll be flashes. Like, you know, there'll be times in a worship service or in God's presence where I would just feel his love and I would feel renewed or whatever, but it wasn't anywhere near a daily. It wasn't a moment by moment experience. It wasn't even a daily experience. It was, randomly from time to time i would have these experiences and feel like oh god's pleased with me but they were so few and far mm-hmm. between because of my own mentality um mm-hmm. and and it's interesting that and sorry i'm talking so much but it's it's interesting yeah. because i i feel like if, if this thought makes sense i feel like it's not even the typical religious things or not only call them religious things but the spiritual quote-unquote things that we would do like like, oh, if you feel like that, just read your Bible more. If you feel like that, just pray more. And I think that those things help. But I feel like I want to know what you think about this. If I'm reading my Bible or I'm praying or I'm fasting or I'm doing these things, but my mentality is the same. My mentality still says I'm doing this thing so that God looks at me better or God looks at me different. I mean, I feel like over time, his word, the truth of his word is going to begin to change me from the inside out but at the same time i feel like we could approach spiritual sounding activities but from a you know a mindset of like the children of israel still being in slavery and bondage from an orphan mindset and totally miss out on the life that that's available to us does that make sense (laughs) No, it does. I, I show it. I just enjoyed listening to your fellowship because I, a, a lot of what you shared absolutely resonates with me and I'm sure resonates with your audience as well. And a couple thoughts that came to mind as you were sharing. Uh, one, of course, Romans 3.23, I had to look it up, but we all fall short of the glory of God, right? Uh, for all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. So like you said, there's nothing that we can do to be worthy of the highest price that Jesus Christ paid on the cross, right? That the father sent his only beloved son because he so loved the world. He loved us. That's really what what was the impetus for the Lord to, for God to send his only son to, knowing that even for a moment that he would be separated from his son, right? Because at the end, the Lord was on the cross and said, father, why have you forsaken me? Right. Because he, as a righteous and just God, he couldn't look upon that sin that he had taken on. So imagine that kind of even, I mean, I'm not a mother yet, but just imagine that kind of pain to be separated, Mm -hmm. you know, from your child, but knowing that what was what it was love that put him there. And yes. so there is nothing any there's nothing for there's nothing left for us to do you or I to do Duke for any of us to do there's there's nothing left but genuinely to eat drink and enjoy him right um, Matthew four four says that the God shall not live by bread alone but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God right so he genuinely wants to be our food our life supply our sustenance. He, there's there isn't anything left for us to do and it's like you said it's like that rewiring of mm. our um captive brain that when we were working for pharaoh laying the bricks right we had 
maybe we didn't even have a quota. They just laid bricks. Like they just, it was just, that was our, that's still our mentality. Like, oh, maybe if I lay enough bricks, he'll, he'll love me enough or I'll be yeah. worthy of being saved. And that's, that's not the case, like you said, because he, he already paid the price. And so we know what I, one other thing that I thought of, uh, Duke, as you were sharing um, in my personal walking journey, I think that the biggest mindset shift that has helped me receive God's love is actually to love and accept myself. Mm. You know, yeah. um, I, I know that that's preached just even like in, in, in the world, right? Love yourself and accept yourself. But, and, you know, being on LinkedIn and being in the personal development space, which I love too, uh, actually that helped me though, to realize like I need to forgive myself and to love and accept myself because the, the, what is it? Is it the first second commandment? Uh, what's the second commandment? You love yourself, um, love your neighbor as thyself. How can you love your neighbor? How can you, how can you, right? How can you love yeah. your neighbor if you despise yourself? If you're rejecting and you're constantly condemning yourself and you're living under this condemnation, like you said, that's Absolutely. just this twisted and warped perception of who God is. And so you're just constantly under this self-condemnation. Like that is not the Lord. That is Satan. That is, that's the self, that's the world. And that's and something to be freed from, to love and accept yourself as like, the fearfully and wonderfully person that person made person that you are, right? That yes, you're 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 fallen and you're sinful and right. We we fall short of the glory of God, but how amazing that despite that, He's chosen us, right? He set us apart before the foundation of the world to be holy and well pleasing to God. Not because we're something, not because we did anything, because you know faith and grace is something that we don't deserve. So just like receiving that truth, you know, um, Duke, there's one other thing that came to mind as you were sharing is that one, there was a time um, in college when I was on my way to, I didn't share this earlier, but after I had gotten saved um, and went to college, I went away for, to college. Um, <clears throat> I, I also had this like refreshed and renewed uh, touch with the Lord. And after I met a, a group of Christians on campus and I was going to a Bible study and I, on my way there, I was driving and, and I was in tears, Duke, because I was thinking like, how do I share this love of Christ with other people? Like just the weight of it, this just really got to me. Like, I know I'm called to like, but I just feel like people need to know about him. Like people need to know about the love of Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Because I've so felt yeah. it deeply and how, you know, how can I even possibly begin to do that? And so I was just in tears and you know what? I, I don't, maybe three or four times I've a couple of times, you know, like I said, maybe two, three, four times I've heard the Lord of the, the, the voice of God, like audibly. And this was one of them. And like in my tears and my prayer, I asked, how am I supposed to do this? And the Lord said, um, you have to let me love you first. And then and I just stopped and like my tears stopped too. Like in order for us to love people and to like go out there and preach the gospel, we have to actually allow the Lord to love us first. And, and that is actually sometimes more difficult Duke than just going out there and loving in our own self, you know, like to actually allow the Lord to love, to receive the love of God first. Like that is sometimes even more challenging because we just want to do we're hardwired to just want to do, to default to doing for the Lord and doing something, to proving, to pushing, to hustling. Like, I got this to the point that we get burnt out, right? And then we end up being bitter. But instead, allowing like the love of God, <laughs> a love of God to reign first in us. And and to this day, I mean, that was seven years ago that I heard that. And um, and even to this mm -hmm. day, that's, that's something that's difficult for me to like, Lord, how can I let you love me when I'm so fallen and I'm so broken and I'm so all these mm. things, you know? And it's because, Duke, I think that that's where forgiving ourselves, like have, we know that God has forgiven us, right? That our sins are as far as from the East as to the West, right? But have we forgiven ourselves? And, and if not, you know, and maybe it, it, it's time to forgive ourselves, you know, so that we can move forward and actually receive that love of God that that's this, the reckless love of God. Mm. Yeah. You know, that 
that paradigm of um loving yourself or you know receiving god's love i feel like I feel like so many christians are out there um and again this is i mean i did this for a long time and still do it sure at, with the mentality of like that the foundation of my life is how is me loving god you know how much can i love god yes and it sounds amazing yes. But I love totally. that God shifted that perspective for you those years ago when he was like, look, the, your primary focus should be needs to Correct. be on on my love for you and on you receiving that love for yourself. Because when we do that, we're transformed 100%. by his love and it allows us to love ourselves. It allows us to love him. It allows us to love others. And, and I feel like there's a lot of um, a lot of a lot of Christians that I know. <laughs> <laughs> would would be like you know would think that that's that that's not important like to love to love yourself or to kind of like have that 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 thinking or that mentality that you know they could think like that's a new age thing or they could think that's a humanistic sure. thing or they could think you know you're thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to think and you know that's a verse that uh, Romans twelve three that we throw around and take out of context a lot and um, you know the way that I look at that is. It says, don't uh, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. But then it says, but think soberly as God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. It's like, okay, so I'm not supposed to think of myself outside of the context of what he's given me, outside of the context of what he's done for me, because that is thinking of myself more highly than I ought to think. But it never says mm. not to think highly of yourself. It never says you should have poor self-esteem if you're going to follow Jesus. Like, no. no, it's it's think of yourself within the context of what I've done for you. Like, okay, well, the context of what you've done for me is so incredible. Like it's so much more than mm -hmm. I could ever possibly deserve or possibly imagine. And what that does is it should actually speak to us of how valuable we are in the eyes of God. And if we're that mm -hmm. valuable in the eyes of God at the end of the day, like, isn't that the only thing that really matters? And so seeing myself that way is important. Because that's going to determine a lot about the way that I respond to his love, the way that I receive his love. And then as you alluded to, the way that I give and express love for other people. 100%. I think that we do often miss that as, as a body or as members of the body of Christ, right? We, we, we refute according to our religious concept that we shouldn't love and accept and forgive ourselves based on what i think it is just based on that religious concept like we're we're conjuring up and that's what religion is is that self is that man-made concept of what who god is and how we should worship god and that's what look at cain and abel why was cain so upset with god because he didn't accept his offering according to his own self-righteous concept of what an offering was but abel was consistent with what his parents taught him. And that's us too. So we're like, here, Lord, you know, this is for you and this is in your name. And then we know in the gospels, right? The Lord says, I did not know you. Mm -hmm. So he cast them out. I did this in your name, Lord. I cast out demons in your name. I did this in your name. But at the end of the day, he says, I did not know you because there, when did we, did we connect with him? Did we talk to him before we did those things? It's a relationship. And we're just mm -hmm. assuming these things are what he that he he, he wants, and that was um, Cain's assumption too, and it led him to killing his brother. You know, right. so like it's it's it, it's it's that personal relationship. The Lord has a preference, feelings. He's full of feeling. He's a person. He's hundred percent divine and human. So it's you 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 I'm, as a as a married person, right? Like there's things that you're you're you know that your wife prefers. And if you were to do something that was outside of her preference, she'd be like, oh, like, how, why would you do that? You know, like, that's not something that I enjoy or prefer. And you're like, oh, I just thought, you know, I just kind of came up with that. And so it's like, yeah. talk to that person. You get to know them. And how do we get to know the Lord and win his word and through prayer and through fellowship? So I think that's where it's really just changed and helped to helped me as well, Duke, is coming to the, know the Lord as a, as a, as a person. You know, yes, he is God, the almighty, wonderful counselor. And, you know, and he's out there, right? This like magnificent, you know, being God of the universe. But he's also, mm. he's also, the word says, he's also the lover of our souls, Duke. Like mm, that's just so yes. intimate, right? Absolutely. 
Well, um, Cassandra, before I, before I let you go, um, you know, I, kind of on this um, mentality, um, you know, aspect of of growing, you know, growing as a as a person, growing as a child of God, and uh, also, you know, even in the area of growing in our businesses and entrepreneurship and stuff like that. Again, I love the concept of grinding in grace because. Um, you know, there is hard work, you know, and there is time and there Definitely. is commitment involved. And especially when you are, you know, building something and you don't have a boss telling you what you need to do, you have to yeah. essentially be your own boss and you have to be, um, you, you really have to have a different kind of a mindset and a mentality when it comes to doing something where nobody's requiring you to do it, you're doing it yourself. Sure. And that can go off the rails on either side. That can go off the rails in terms of, ah, I worked like an hour or two this week and I didn't get anything done, but I ate a yep. lot of Cheetos and it felt good. Um, it could also go totally. off the rails totally. in terms of, I worked 79 hours in the past five days and, you know, and yeah. we can kind of get into that thing where it's my own strength, my own this, my own that. And we can really step outside of the context of the grace of God for the moment that we're in. And I find that there's so many times where, you know, I'm really spinning my wheels and trying to grind something through and work something out, whether it's in the ministry or, or you know, more of a personal context or whatever. And God will just be like, um, like, put it down, take a break, take a nap, go see your wife, go see your kids, go like something that's disconnected from the thing that I'm doing and which to me in my mind seems like the worst decision I could make right now. But it's so funny when we look at the strategy of God, even throughout the Bible, it's so it's like, Hey, put your harp play, you know, put your flute, your trumpet players out first, like send them into battle ahead of the, the warriors. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's a terrible, that's a horrible uh, strategy. That's a horrible battle strategy that doesn't make sense but mm. god knows what he's doing and he knows why he's telling you to do it this way because he's got a plan that you might not be able to see and what god's able to accomplish through you resting in him and trusting him is so much better than what you know than what you or i could accomplish by spinning our wheels and just working extra hard to try to get something done and so sometimes i'm not saying you know there are definitely times to really just kind of put your head down and say i've got to get this thing done i've got to get this project done i've got a deadline sure not discounting that. Anyway, the question is, um, I got into this this place, um, especially throughout the, the the earlier part of the pandemic, because that was kind of where I was just getting into a lot of this more personal content creation, podcasting, stuff like that. And I got to this place where I really started to wrap my identity up in the work that I was doing. And if I got to the end of the day and I was feeling like I didn't check off enough boxes or get enough done, then my identity took a hit and I felt like I just didn't feel good. I didn't feel like I didn't do enough today. And so when we connect the things that we do with who we are, you know, I think that we can get into um, just a, a messed up place. And so what are just some things or, you know, maybe one or two things that had just been helpful for you to kind of help you to shift your mentality um, to focus more on, uh, yeah, getting things accomplished that you're passionate about, but doing it from the mindset of God's grace and reliance and dependence on him, as opposed to maybe from a place of your own strength. Took a long yeah, time for me to get that question out. <laughs> but uh, No, we need, we need that. You're a verbal processor too, like me, so I, I can respect that. Um, <clears throat> what, what comes to mind too, a verse that comes to mind as you were sharing, Duke is, of course, Matthew eleven twenty eight. right? Come to me, all who toil and are burdened or weary and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so I think that that's something that's been really uh, foundational, too, in learning how to do that, Duke, because as a, as a fellow high achiever and do-gooder, right? Like some of us are just wired. We love to do things and achieve. And um, the more we do, it's just like just, part of our person and part of how God made us. So I think respecting that too, it's like, you know, this is also how, this is how you made me Lord, you know, um, it's, a, it's, it's a, you, you made me to be like, to, to be a high achiever and to create and to want to really fulfill my, you know, highest potential and embrace that. Right. And so respecting that is just uh, not, maybe not everyone is created that way and everyone 
like the Bible says, every member of the body has a different, you know, gift or talent or skill or ability. And, you know, this is, this is ours and kind of owning that, that mm. space. Um, but at the same time, owning that space uh, can sometimes be a detriment to us because we push that envelope, like you said, of, well. of hustling to the point of burnout. And so I think we do need to have that experience, right? Like I never knew what burnout was until last year, like what that looked like and that experience. I also burned out the end of the year and it was not a good feeling. It was kind of a dark yeah. time, yeah. to be honest, Duke. Um, and I, I don't believe that that's what God wants for us either. Right. So now, now having had that experience and then coming coming out of it, like, okay, I definitely don't want that. And I don't believe the Lord wants that for me either and i don't believe that's an honor to right matthew eleven twenty eight. how can my labor also be a rest right like how yeah. how can that go hand in hand it's good what does that look like for me as an individual um while honoring my creative gifts and my call to create because if i don't that is not in alignment with my God-given assignment either, like you said, about eating Cheetos all week and then just working one or two hours, that's not consistent either. You know, that's not an alignment either. So I think that as entrepreneurs um, and as multi-hyphenate, you know, passionate um, people, Duke, it's up to us to kind of design and create what that looks like for us and, 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 and kind of put on our like, be okay with experimenting and trying things because like you said we don't have a boss that's dictating our schedule like nine to five you're chained to this desk you know work it out you know it's like we have a little bit more fluidity in how we design our schedule and you know and responding to our own individuals our, our bodies needs for for rest and for for play um so i just personally think duke that um like as far as what you asked is, is tips is to I could actually ask you this like when do you feel like you're most like creative or productive is it in the evening or is it in the morning like do you notice yourself being more like excited and more full of ideas and creativity like in the morning or evening um <clears throat> and to be honest for me it tends to be like I wish I could like change it but sometimes for me it's in the evening like I'm a night owl Mm -hmm. um and i and i have like creative ideas you know and then and the night so that so that's when i like do my writing you know and then like do some of like planning for my next day like actually take advantage of that like kind of boost of energy mm -hmm. um and, and, and write it you know um and then in the morning i do I also as as well um I like to take my morning. I usually don't start work until like 10 or even 11 because I like to take my morning. So like walk and spend time with the Lord and just kind of have like a slower morning, you know what I mean? Before I get into my, uh, into my day. And I've usually set up my day up the night before um, because that's when I had that creative you know, energy. So I just think mm -hmm. that it's getting familiar with how you're wired and where that's you good. can leverage your own unique energy and and um person yeah no, i love that i think that's really really helpful cassandra uh where can uh, people find you and your content yeah so I, I i would say like i'm a one hit wonder and that linkedin is my jam and so that's where you can find me i'm uh, as on linkedin i do create some content on tiktok too and um which is it's a fun platform but if you'd like to reach out to me to learn more about my content writing or copywriting services, um, personal branding and business coaching as well, then reach out to me, DM me on LinkedIn. I'd love to learn more about you and your story. It's been a while, but you can also check out my uh, podcast, uh, the Grinding yes. podcast as well. Yeah. Yep. And that's available everywhere, right? Spotify, yes. all, the, all the regular platforms. Apple. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, my friend, I've uh, really enjoyed um, talking to you and kind of talking through some of these identity and mindset issues and all that kind of stuff. And also hearing more about you and your story and your background and everything. I think it's super helpful. And I love I really do uh, love what you do and the way that you uh, give people permission to be themselves and to pull that passion that's on the inside of them out 
and uh, to pat, you know, present it um, to the world because it really is a gift. And so, um, yeah, thanks. So, thanks for what you do. I appreciate it. And thank you for what you do, Duke, and having this podcast. I am so grateful to, to be here and to connect with your audience and look forward to next time. Awesome. Yeah, let's do it again, please. <laughs> yeah. And uh, thanks, everybody, awesome. for checking out this episode. Appreciate you guys as well. You're amazing. Uh, if you got anything out of this, if the content blessed you or challenged you in some way, please consider subscribing on one of the podcast platforms, wherever it's convenient for you. And uh, yeah, share, leave a review. All that kind of stuff is super helpful. Appreciate you guys. And uh, see you next time.